0: You know, there's nothing like being in a house hmm, where the presence of God is so tangible, but where the people of God are so present, so in it, there's nothing like it. When we're church, can I just say to you, this is not normal. This is not normal. This is, this is hard to find. And coming to this church and experiencing this house has been such a joy, such a joy, such a place of healing, such a place of refreshing. I just want to honor our senior leaders Pastor Brent, Pastor Sharon, you guys. <clears throat> I thank God for you. I thank God for mamas and papas in the faith that we can look to, that help us when we're weary, that come alongside of us, that cheer us on. And we have that. And I honor that in this house. I want to honor Pastor Kevin and Pastor Donna and the team of people that make up Windward staff. Beautiful people, you guys have welcomed our family with open arms, and I am just honored, honestly, to call Windward my home. I'm like, God, I get to be here? I get to call this group of people my family, my home, and, and that is an honor, and so thank you. I just feel so honored even to be asked to share with you this morning on Mother's Day. hmm a day that our culture pauses. And they don't generally pause for a lot, but they pause to honor women. And so as a woman, as a daughter, as a sister, as a wife, I honor you. Women in the house, I honor you no matter what, how old you are, no matter how young you are, whether you have physical babies, because it doesn't matter. The DNA of heaven has, has been stamped in your heart. You are the fragrance of heaven. He's stamped. Oh, yeah. He stamped you. You carry an essence of the Father. And so I honor you today. Hmm. Wow. I know my own mother is going to watch this. She's all the way in Trinidad and Tobago. She's preached already. But I want to honor her. Our story is very different than many normal stories, but God in his goodness has brought us together. He's healed our hearts. He's joined us, and here we are moving forward, building our lives for kingdom purpose, and I honor you, mom, and I love you. Awesome. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the word today. Hmm. Your word that is alive and active, the precious truth of Jesus. God, I pray that it would take root in our hearts today and it would produce fruit that is eternal, that is lasting. God, I pray for a holy revelation. I pray that every voice, every other noise would be silenced. And I ask for a holy revelation of truth to go off in this room this morning that as your word goes forth that it would be planted in the soil of our hearts God we humble ourselves in this moment and we surrender to the working of the holy spirit in our lives in Jesus name amen 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 do i have any farmers in the house any gardeners in the house come on somebody I like to garden. I do. I am not an expert in gardening, but I like to garden. I like to get out there. I like to be in the sun. I like to get my hands in the dirt. I like to pull weeds. I always say to my husband, You scored big time, because he doesn't like to do any of that. So (laughs) I like to mow the lawn. I just love to be outside. Yeah. (laughs) I love to be outside. Oh. In the book of Mark, we find Jesus teaching his disciples. And a crowd is gathering. And you can imagine the setting. He's actually at the beach. And to me, he's on the best stage. He's in the boat. And you can just imagine the setting, the smell. And we'll pretend that it was, it smelled good. the sky, just the environment. And I marvel when I read the word because Jesus was such a brilliant storyteller. He had the ability to just capture the people and they, they didn't want to leave. And so here he is about to teach them and reveal to them a key in the kingdom. And as they gather, it says a multitude, meaning that there was a lot of them. Here he is saying... Mark 4, 26. He said also to them, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day. Whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. I want us to look at this, these verses and kind of just talk about it. Let's just look at it. Let's chew on it a little bit. What is Jesus trying to say to his people? And he starts by saying, this is the key. This is the kingdom of God. Later on, he says to them, if you understand this parable, you will understand all the parables to come. And so it starts off by saying, a man scatters seed. Higher up in verse 14, it says, the farmer sows the word. And so we know if we've been around, we know that the word is like seed. We've heard this before. And so the farmer has this important part to play. He doesn't hide it. He doesn't put it in a shelf. He doesn't lock it away. He doesn't say, I'm going to save it for another day. He sows it. He gets up and he goes and he sows it. Because if he doesn't sow, there will be no harvest. There will be no reward. There will be no multiplication. There will be no fruit. The sower must be future-minded. The sower must be thinking about not just what's going to happen today, but what's going to happen for generations to come. Because the crop will not just affect the sower's life, but will affect generations to come. So the farmer scatters the seed. The other thing that the farmer has to do is prepare the soil to receive the seed. The soil is like our hearts. I tell you, when you start digging into the Bible, I didn't know where to stop with this because there is so much. It's like you go, you go a little bit and God's like, here's some more. <laughs> it's like he's telling them the parable at the beginning of Mark. He tells them the parable and then he has to come back and tell them again because there's always more. There's always more in the word. It's like the song that doesn't end. It's like the word that doesn't, it just keeps giving. There's always more. So our hearts become the home for the seed. And Jesus wants his disciples to know that while the seed is the same, the place that it lands is very different. And so he begins to describe to them early in the chapter. The different places that the seed can land. And I know some of you guys know this story. The word is the seed that is at work in us. It is not seen to the outside world at first, it is hidden. But God promises that his word would accomplish the purpose in which it was sent to accomplish. So when you hear the word, it works for you. It says, night and day, whether you're sleeping or you're awake, whether it's a night season or a day season, whether it's been hard or easy for you, the word is at work in your life. That's what he's saying. The word is at work in your life. It doesn't stop. Once it is planted, it keeps working Chuck always says let's not doubt in the night what he's spoken in the day what he's given to us in the day let's not doubt when it feels very grim and dark and sometimes that takes an exercise of faith sometimes it's not easy to get to that place because we doubt we doubt The seed has an enemy. In verse 13, the enemy shows up and it talks about Satan snatching the seed. Because he doesn't want the word to get implanted in the soil. Because if it does, he can't stop it. (laughs) He can't stop the word. Once it is implanted in the soil of our hearts, it is bound to produce fruit. So here's the thing. The soil represents our hearts and our soul, but if we harden our hearts, we become, we become unreceptive to the seed. Earlier in that chapter, it talks about seed being thrown on the ground and the trials of life. I want to talk about disappointment for a second. Because I think sometimes when we face hard things, we don't know where to place it. Because we want want to and we need to step into a place of faith. But sometimes our hearts are disappointed. I remember when we first came to visit Winward, and we had just walked through a very disappointing season. Our expectation of what we thought something would look like didn't, didn't work out, it didn't look like it. But I remember walking in here and I, at that time I was, the worship was amazing. I'm like, where have these people been? Like, this is amazing. And all I can describe is I, I, I stood there And your worship and your praise took me in. Where I couldn't even go and I couldn't even move and it wasn't that I didn't want to. I wanted to. But I couldn't because of the disappointment that I felt. And your worship and your praise was like a vehicle that just took me in. And I felt the presence of God just ushering me in because you were pressing in. So this is the thing about disappointment. We can harden our hearts. And because of it, we create a soil that is toxic for seed. And at some point along this journey, my journey, I had to make a decision Am I going to stay in this place of disappointment and not let the seed fall on good soil? Or or am I going to step into a place of faith and rise up and in spite of the disappointment and in spite of the trial, push on? Hmm. You know the story, Jack and the Beanstalk, Jack sells it, mother sends him and, you know, you know it, sells the the cow, right, for three beans. And he's like, well, coming back home with three beans. If we die, we die. And sometimes I feel like in life, I think that I got one shot, got one shot. If I fail at this one shot, oh my goodness. And God reminded me. That he doesn't just plant a seed. He plants seeds. There is one shot after the other shot after the other shot. He doesn't just plant one seed. There isn't just one chance. It's like as I was writing this, I felt the goodness of God just breaking off poverty off my mind. As I as I wrote it I'm like yeah you don't just you're not just the god of the first the second the third chance your chances keep going He hasn't called you just to plant one garden or a small garden He's called you to plant fields Don't despise the day of small gardens cuz they're necessary but it doesn't matter if you have one garden right now or one field or you're tending to many fields. You have a responsibility to be productive. You have a responsibility to steward what's in your hand. Many want the reward without the road. The jewel without the journey. And in our culture, there is this brainwashing that happens that we think we can have a microwave popcorn kind of life. Fast wealth, fast fame. Like, But in the kingdom, things take time. They take time. They take time to grow. They take time to process. They take time. As I'm getting older, I'm beginning to see the fruits that have been planted in my life. Some seeds that have been planted in one season only to bear fruit in another. Some seeds that have been laid in development for years. And some seeds that I believe that I will nurture for my lifetime. So that the next generation reaps the reward. My parents got divorced when I was four. They loved Jesus. And they still do. They're awesome people, but their marriage fell apart. And back then, you didn't really talk about if you were struggling in your marriage. And my dad got custody of me, and so my dad, as a single father, raised me. And I was talking to him this week and telling him, you know, I'm, I'm preaching and we were just i was telling him what i was preaching about and we started to talk about a few things and i i asked him a question and it led one thing led to the next and my dad when the when the divorce happened he stayed in our home church for 5 years before we actually moved on and and then it was like a rebirth happened in his life and my life just you know stepping into the pre-teen years, and God really used that. But in that journey, in that time, I remember as a four-year-old seeing my dad sit on a rocker and just hold his Bible. I remember seeing him read and read and read for hours after school because it was all that he could do just to make it through. And in the seasons of disappointment and trial, the enemy lies to us and says, don't read it. Don't pick it up. You don't need that. It's not going to help anyway. And somehow he twists the truth because he knows truth. But I'm learning that when he comes with the twisted truth, that I need to stand on this. I need to follow in the footsteps of Jesus because when, when Jesus was in the desert and Satan came to tempt him with twisted truth, what did he do? He used the word. And so my dad and I were talking about this scenario and, and he said, you know, he said, I, I stayed in that church, but said, I said, you know, I don't even know why I stayed. I stayed to prove a point. This is what he's telling me. And I'm laughing and I said to him, I said, Wow. You stayed to prove a point. And because of it, I was in a God family that loved me. I had aunties and uncles and cousins, God God family, that came around me. It was a joy to go to church. As a kid, I remember loving church. I was telling him, I remember loving Sunday school. It was a joy. Like Sunday mornings, he would turn on the radio and we would get ready listening to sham back, back in the day and then head to church. And I remember just this kid, like loving kid worship and like just having fun. And I said to him, I said, you know, you, you stayed, but look what God, look what the seed did. You stayed and, and you made a state to prove a point, but look at what the seed did in my life. That's the power of the seed. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Kevin talked about the journey, about the process. And then last week, Pastor Willis talked about community and the importance of being a part the importance of walking together year after year and not being easily offended with each other, but choosing to love, choosing to be vulnerable, choosing to show up. Listen, this is not easy. This is not. I'm not saying that this is easy. This takes work, but anything good takes work. Anything worth it takes work. Marriage is good, but it takes work. We work together as a family because we know that we're building into something that is so kingdom-breathed. The thing about the field is we can't tend to it alone. We can't do it alone. We can't do it in isolation. We need each other. We need to come alongside of each other. So don't be left with seed in your hand. It's time to plant it. It's time to plant it. Plant the seed and watch him bring the increase. Most of what God gives us comes in seed form. And this is why I think that we have a mindset that God's failed us when it looks different. Or that he doesn't care because... We don't recognize that it's actually his provision in seed form. There's something he wants to do in the seed form. Because it's not an instant thing. It's a process. It takes time. There's a development that happens. So verse 28 says, All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. So there's stages of development. I didn't write it down here, but there's a scripture that says the seed must die. I think I have it lower down, but in an actual seed, the seed doesn't die. What the Bible was saying when it was referencing that was that the seed changes. It goes from being a seed, one state, to being a plant. And so in our lives, there is a dying process that actually needs to happen. There is a changing process. It's like a baby to an adult. There's a maturing that happens. A baby can't do what an adult would do because they're small. They can't eat the way an adult would eat because their, their stomachs can't hold that much food. And so there is a, there's a maturing, there is a changing that happens. In the natural, when a seed is exposed to fire in extreme heat or a period of freezing temperatures, a chemical change occurs, and it triggers the seed to grow. Pressure. Extreme pressure, extreme change. But can I encourage your heart today that it is the very thing that will cause your seed to break open and for life to come forth. The enemy uses tries to use trials to take the seed of God. But it's the trials. I've heard this, you know, I would say in the last season of my life, it was like I, I would hear this and I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah, he does. And then it then it re- then the fire really goes hot and I'm like, what is that? That burns. I get it, I get it, I get it, there's an understanding, there's a deeper, there's a deeper understanding, there's a deeper revelation that when the fire turns up, I have a choice. I can, like, just, or I can yield, and I can go, God, not my will, but your will be done what you're trying to do, what you're trying to get out of me, what you're trying to use to produce this fruit in my life, I yield to it. It's James 1, 2 to 4 says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trial of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your fate produces perseverance. The seed has to go through the process of development. (laughs) It must. It must go through a process. I know we like our McDonald's. Ha <laughs> ha! That's awesome. And our Insta now. We like it now. Hmm. But destiny is not a drive through. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing good ever came from a drive through. <laughs> oh. And it takes time. Listen, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm preaching, I'm speaking, I'm sharing, but I'm preaching to myself today. I'm sharing a piece of my story because I'm realizing that it takes time. As I grow up in the Lord and as I mature, I'm like, wow, God, it's not as fast. It doesn't look the way I thought it would look. It takes time. Hmm. Somebody needs to hear it today. Don't give up in the dirt. Yeah, yeah. Don't go dig up that seed and go, no, nope, I'm going to move it. No. Leave the seed there. Let the dirt do the work. Yeah, yeah. Let the dirt do the work. Don't dig it up. Stephen Furtick says that. Let the dirt do the work. Hmm because there's a process to the development of the seed. Hmm. The seed is hidden. When we plant a seed, it's hidden. It's hidden in the soil. And the farmer can look out of his field and go, well, there's nothing happening there. I might as well go dig that all up and maybe plant it, maybe somewhere else. But it's hidden for a reason. Because it's in the stage of development. Ever wondered why David would be anointed king and then go back to taking care of sheep? Because the kingdom is upside down. Like we think, well, anointed, yeah, called out, praise Jesus, yeah, go shine. No. Jesus says, no. No. Now it's really time to develop that. It's hidden for a reason. Joseph, in the prison, hidden for a reason. Hmm. He had the calling to be a ruler and a redeemer, and here he finds himself in a prison don't despise the fire don't despise it don't despise the heat don't despise the change don't despise it yield to it mark 4:27 says as we go down it says night and day whether he sleeps or he gets up the seed sprouts and grows though he he does not know how and you might think well he's a farmer he should know how, like this, this doesn't make sense. It says he does not know how. We don't know how. But we know who. We know who, there's a secret in that in that line. He doesn't know how, he goes to bed, he gets up, and the soil, the dirt is doing its work. We don't know how. It's the mystery of the kingdom. And God is setting us free from the expectation to understand. We don't need to understand. That was a hard one to learn. We don't need to understand. Obedience is our job. Outcome is his job. Let him do his job. Humility is our job. Harvest is his job. Let him do his job. Surrender is our job. Grace is his job. Let him do his job. The moment I stopped trying to do it, the moment I said, God, I surrender, it was the moment of the greatest breakthrough because he said, finally, you don't know how, but you know who. It is the key to the kingdom. You know who. You don't know how to solve the problems that you face, but you know who. We know who. And we lean into the who and not the how. We have a generation coming up. They want to know how. They don't need to know how. We got to point them to the who. We got to show them Jesus. That went through trial. But came out victorious. Victorious. In my own life, when I haven't understood all the pieces, I've heard him say, will you trust me again? Will you let your faith rise again? Will you believe for revival in Canada again? Will you allow me to be God all by myself? Will you not harden your heart and not doubt and trust the who? Matthew seventeen twenty says If we have faith as small as a mustard seed, we can say to the mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible. I feel the soil of your hearts stirring. (laughs) I I feel the revelation of faith stirring again. And here's the beauty of the word. Jesus is the seed. He is the living word. He is the seed that had to die. But on the third day, On the third day, he rose again, and he conquered death and the grave. But he had to die. He was the seed. He does nothing without showing us first. And he gives his life, and he says, I will be the seed that will die in the (laughs) crown." His beaten body planted like seed in the ground, but re- resurrection life sprung forth. What was once dead is now alive. John twelve twenty four says, Verily, truly I say to you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. What are the seeds you've sown? What are, what are the, the times you have thought it was the death of something only to find life spring up? Every season before a reaping is a preparation because in the kingdom nothing is ever wasted. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Everything that we go through, every circumstance that we face, God always brings it around. Ten years ago, oh actually I think it's more now, more like 13 years ago, Chuck and I, I know, uh, we went to Hillsong and uh, we were there for two years, amazing time, stretching time, just great. At the end of our season there, we, um, one of the senior pastors of the city campus really had it in his heart to plant a church and it was kind of the beginning of where Hillsong really started to really branch out and now they're just exploding all over the world but there was an open invitation for Canadians and Americans to be a part of this plant and you know we were kind of like God we're Canadians like how are we going to get to Newport like what does this look like do they want to plant a church in California anyways just we just felt like listen God we're just going for it we're just like stepping out of the boat we're just going to do this and so we spent four months in California just, just working at the church, helping, starting this church, and got to learn and be stretched in so many ways. And in, in some ways, it was the greatest season of our lives back then, and in, in others, really hard, because it's hard work to plant a church. <laughs> and you're doing things that you're not used to doing, like counting money. <laughs> and so, you know... <laughs> It it was great, but it was hard, too. But we really felt called to this plant. And so they had stamped our visas for four months. We had brought all of our stuff from Australia. Wedding pictures were in Newport. um, And we came back home because we had to sort out visa stuff. And for two years, we tried to get back down. And every time we tried the door would close, like something random would happen. And the door would shut every time. And we couldn't understand it. I couldn't understand I'm like, God, this was so amazing. Like, why why close the door? This was like dream weather, dream job. Like, I was like in heaven on earth here. Uh, And the door kept closing. And I went through a long season of not understanding and asking God, how come? Like, how come? Like, why would, why would that happen? Not getting any closure because of course, we couldn't even go visit. All our wedding pictures are in storage at our pastor's storage unit. Like, life goes on, we have kids, different ministry opportunities and our pastors were coming into Edmonton, they were preaching in a church in Leduc, and we went to see them. It just worked out that we could go to see them, and we hadn't seen them, 10 years now has passed. And she sees us walk in, and she stops and she just says, and she just honors us. But one of the things that she said that I will never forget She says, years later, Newport Church is still reaping the fruit of the seeds that this couple has sown into the soil. And in a moment, God just, just like, I had stopped asking why. I went, God, you know why. I don't, I don't need to understand. I had stopped pining for why. And ten years later, in a sentence, he just closed the book. And he went, because that was the time you were supposed to be there. Sometimes we don't understand. But we know who. And we've got to trust the who with the seeds that he's given us. I don't know if somebody's playing the piano, or anybody, no? Keys?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, darling. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. You've been given seeds to sow, church. You've been given not just one seed, but seeds. And I want to encourage your heart today. Begin to sow the seed. Don't stand frozen because you don't understand. Plant the seed. Allow the soil of your heart to be soft. Don't doubt. Let faith arise. And stir yourself to believe again. I know some of you have planted seeds and you're, you're going, God, I'm believing, you're trusting to see the harvest. I want to encourage you that resurrection life caused the seed to grow. And so we declare resurrection life on the seeds that you are awaiting harvest. He is the Lord of the harvest. And he's watching over those seeds. And the promise is that the fruit will come. Fruit that will multiply generations to come. And that's the beauty of the kingdom. That it's never just about us. What we face is never just about us. There's always a ripple effect. There's always the kingdom God is always looking at not just how it affected Moses and Abraham, but how it affected David and Peter and Paul and how it affects Kevin and how it affects Pastor Donna and how it affects Sharon. He's concerned because when he looks at history, he doesn't just see us. He sees from the beginning of time to the end of the age. That's the beauty of the seed. oh not you bow your heads with me? Father, we thank you for your word. Oh, your word that is able to withstand the harshest things we go through. And by faith this morning, we put our trust in the word. And we thank you for fruit that is eternal. And expectation that isn't on the hand of man, but on the hand of God. Because we may not understand the how, but we know the who. And you are life. And life to the full. You are God all by yourself. You are the risen King. And our eyes are on you today. In Jesus name.